Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. On a Wednesday evening, we welcome you into another edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. It is great to have you with us. We once again have a jam-packed program. We're going to do a lot of baseball here in the first hour. Will Leach is going to join us in about 10 minutes. We'll talk uh, playoff baseball and Cardinals with him. Our uh, buddy Brendan Schaefer from uh, KMOV.com. He's going to join us at uh, 6.35. And uh, then next hour, we've got a couple guests lined up as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the the miraculous recovery of Aaron Rodgers with uh, Jake Asman, who uh, covers the Jets and is a sports host uh, in New York. And uh, we're going to get uh, Irvin Muchnick onto the program as well, uh, talk a little bit about his uh, book that he just recently wrote that gets into uh, the dangers of conditioning in high school football. And and, uh, what's going on there. So that's uh, the lineup of guests for the program today. As always, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Or you can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. few Cardinals things I want to lead off with today. Uh, first off, Nolan Arnato is not going to win a gold glove for the first time in his career. He opened his career with 10 straight years of winning the gold glove. And today we got the announcement of the finalist for the gold glove awards. And Arenado is not a finalist for the third baseman National League gold glove. So that essentially ends his streak because he's not going to uh, not going to win it. Uh, the three finalists, Pittsburgh's Kebrian Hayes, Atlanta's Austin Riley, and Colorado's Ryan McMahon, the individual who plays where he used to play. Um, so that's um, that's not a surprise. Arenado did not have a fantastic defensive year this year. He still made a good number of great defensive plays, especially in the second half of the season. But the standard in which he set, uh, basically being, you can make the argument that Nolan Arenado is the greatest defensive third baseman in the history of baseball. There's other names to talk about. Uh, but the argument can be made, this is going to be the first time he doesn't win a gold glove, which is just, I, I don't know if microcosm is the right word in this situation. It just It goes along with the season that the Cardinals had. The Cardinals only get one finalist for a gold glove, and that's Tommy Edmond, who is a finalist for the utility gold glove. Of course, that's a gold glove that Brendan Donovan ended up winning last year. 
Cardinals, from a team standpoint, more often than not, are one of the best fielding, one of the best defensive teams in all baseball. They were not this past year, and that is evident in only one individual being on the finalist list for winning a gold glove this year. That's that's the first thing that kind of strikes you from Cardinals news today. Second bit of Cardinals news that strikes you is uh, the continued reporting on the possible interest from Yadier Molina in joining the coaching staff moving forward. He spoke with a media outlet in Puerto Rico. He confirmed the uh, Fox 2 Martin Kilcoin report that there were conversations that were had when Molina was in St. Louis for the final regular season weekend, the Adam Wainwright retirement weekend, and he says that the Cardinals are aware of his willingness to be part of the coaching staff moving forward. Uh, the details of what that would look like, he didn't get into. He did say there's uh, if, if a full-time job basically wasn't available, there's a scenario where he could help the club more in a part-time role. So there seems to be interest from both sides. John Mosellock spoke with the Post-Dispatch, and he said that you know, any, anytime someone like Yadier Molina is interested, uh, you, you try to find a spot for him. So we'll see how this develops. Molina did say that he would like there to be some resolution to this sooner than later. So they've still got to get things figured out. We have not had an end of season media conference from the Cardinals. I would think that once they have some sort of news, whether that's uh, coaching staff changes or whatever else might be going on, uh, we would get some sort of end of season news conference, off season news conference, whatever you want to uh, call it. Uh, Once we get towards the world series, major league baseball doesn't like teams making news during the world series. So I would assume with uh, with us being about a week out, potentially a little bit less than that, maybe uh, from the championship series coming to an end, depending on what happens with the Rangers and the Phillies. Both those teams are in a really good spot right now. Once the championship series come to an end, you wouldn't expect much news, but that doesn't mean that there's never news during uh, during that period. The um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is uh, there is a there's a Japanese pitcher. Last name Yamamoto, and he's really good, and he's going to be available to come to the United States this offseason. He has a lot of connections to the Cardinals. Uh, he and Lars Nootbaar are very tight. He shares an agent with Nolan Arnato. And what do you know? Nolan Arnato and Lars Nootbaar were in Japan watching him pitch. Yamamoto won the triple crown of pitching in Japan this year. You, um, It's kind of a... You try to look sometimes at the numbers that somebody produces in Japan and try to figure out what they would look like in the United States. He's a big swing and miss guy. Uh, the Japanese game for, focuses more from a hitting standpoint on uh, on making contact. Uh, they do not like to strike out over there. So a lot of times when Japanese pitchers come over, the strikeout numbers actually go up a little bit. Uh, he's He looks like somebody who could be a star in Major League Baseball just based off some of his numbers. And the fact that a couple players for the Cardinals have connections to him and is, are actually over there, I think that's something to continue to sit back and monitor. Uh, Cardinals have been fairly active when it comes to uh, players coming out of Japan. Uh, they've got scouting over there. They, they do a lot of things. They have good relationships. So that's going to be something to... Um, to really keep an eye on because if they were to sign Yamamoto and then they still sign one other kind of top flight pitcher, whether it's an Aaron Nola, whether it's a Sonny Gray, whoever it might be, uh, 
that that goes a long way towards the pitching being a lot better next season. So a lot of Cardinal stuff. It's a busy Cardinal day. We're going to get into all that with Will Leach. We'll get into that with uh, Brendan Schaefer. All coming up uh, this hour, as always, if you want to join us. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Up next, Will Leach joins us as we roll on with the Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. A great bar sports open line rolling on here on a Wednesday night. Welcome back into the program. We take you till 8 o'clock at your service this evening, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Our guy Brad Young is going to be in for the program. So uh, basically, as is always a general very good rule to live by, turn on KMOX and don't turn on anything else because we've got you taken care of all the time. Right now, we're going to welcome on to the program Will Leach. Uh, you see him contributing to uh, MLB.com. He uh, He's an author. He writes uh, for New York Magazine. Recently uh, won the uh, football pick'em contest that Chris and Amy uh, do every Friday. He bo- beat both Chris and Amy and I think a listener as well. So uh, he's got a lot of things uh, going on for him, and uh, we're very happy to welcome on uh, the, the the least of which being here on Sports Open Line. Will, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us today. How are you? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm uh, I'm waiting for a little bit more exciting postseason games. They've all been <laughs> there's everything's been a sweep and a blowout. So uh, I'm 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 hoping one of these series has got to go seven. You think? I don't know. I, I just it's <laughs> it's been nothing compelling from a game standpoint has really happened in these playoffs. It's been a, a you've seen some cool team performances and individual performances, but from a you know, maybe the most notable play made in this game was made by the Braves on the way that one game ended, and they didn't even win that series. So it, I, I don't feel like there's been a lot of compelling things that have happened that have really mattered this year in the postseason. Yeah, it feels like the only real lasting image is that play and then Philadelphia fans losing their ever-loving mind every single time. Uh, it's really remarkable. Philadelphia fans have always been kind of notorious for being loud and being obnoxious and being, you know, uh, somewhat uh, 
uh, polarizing, I would say. But uh, all told, I have to say that, that you know what they've cut. They they certainly it reminds me a little bit for old time baseball fans. It actually, that team and their connection to the fan base reminds me a little bit of the '93 Phillies team. They just kind of really seem to represent something uh, about that town and the, the fan base. That it's it's a shame because like we, they haven't gotten any close games yet. So I, basically, if you a fan of the of the Rangers or the Phillies, you've loved every minute of these playoffs. And if you haven't, you you just like to see a close game occasionally. And listen, I, I you know I know every time something doesn't work in baseball, is isn't perfect in baseball. There's always a well, what can they do? Well, baseball gonna fix this sort of thing. I'm not sure you can't fix this. I think it's just the vagaries of baseball. Sometimes uh, sometimes you get some blowouts. Yeah, we. People get upset about anomalies, and that shouldn't happen. I mean, you, you, you take a step back and you look at some of the historical data, what's going on this year with uh, the teams not advancing that got the break and, and, and you know, top seeds and all that sort of stuff. If you, if you take a step back over a long period of time, it's all going to kind of even out, and that's where I get frustrated with people because you've got these these folks who want to jump over, jump, you know, get real upset about something that's not even worth being upset about. Well, it's also strange, too, because there, in, there is no concept where any team would ever not take the bye. Yeah. That's why it's also strange. Like, like the, the, it, it's weird. You know, it reminds me a little bit. You saw a lot of Braves fans complaining about uh, you know the oh well we got the number one overall seed and we shouldn't have we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have all that time off had play that tough team. It's strange that when they were the underdogs in 2021, <laughs> they had no issues at all with, with how the format was set. It, and I know that there was the what's the wild card round, but still, basically, I feel like if your team loses, you are upset with how it was all set up, and if your team wins, you're very happy with how all this was set up. And I think that I, I do think there's been a general sense of kind of dissatisfaction with the playoffs so far. But I really think those are more the games itself. And frankly, you know, we've seen seasons where the teams with the best two records have made the World Series. That I don't know if that necessarily makes it a more or less compelling series. The games themselves are what matter. And I think if all these games were closer, we wouldn't be talking about the Dodgers going out quickly or the Braves going out quickly. The problem with the Dimebacks Dodgers series and really the Braves Philly series or even the Orioles Rangers series is not that the lower seed beat the the higher seed. It's that the games were never close. <laughs> they were complete blowouts, and the series were over sooner than later. I'm, I'm not. There's certainly not a way to fix that. Would you like to the one? I'm not a fix the format guy. Like I'm fine with the format the only thing i say is in the nba playoffs if two teams get done with a first round series they start their second round series even if there's other first round series going on where baseball is so locked into their dates with their tv partners they wait until the next round it would is that one area that maybe they can fix it so we have less of these two three straight days without baseball right in the middle of the playoffs you know, I, I, I can see that. I think there probably would be logistical problems if just because, you know, the thing about the NBA playoffs, they get a bunch of days off in between each game, even if they're at home, yeah. right? Like even between games one and game two, there'll be two or three days off in between. With baseball, I, I, I think that would be harder. I like the idea, though, and frankly, I'll, I'll be honest, if people didn't like playoff expansion, uh, I have bad news for you. <laughs> there are more. They are absolutely going to, particularly, you know, I think they're waiting now for once for Las Vegas and Tampa to get settled, which frankly seemed uh, for the A's and the Rays to get settled, which frankly seemed pretty close to happening. I think you're going to see expansion. Uh, you're going to see two more teams added. And when you see that, 
there is television money to be made uh, with these extra playoff rounds. It, it certainly I, it has not loved and lost the nose for people that the wild card round was entirely on the ESPN family of networks. That's not a coincidence. Basically, they bought that round. There will be other networks or streaming services that will be eager, eager to buy more rounds. And I think that's really that I find like that is actually the source of a lot of the discontent you see, even with the playoff rounds, right? Like the reason people say, well, we uh, usually we didn't have a lower seed beating a higher seed like this when I was growing up. Yeah. There were only two or four playoff teams back then. There are, as we keep adding playoff teams, if you put the A's, the worst team in baseball, if you'd have given them the number six seed in the American league this year and put them against uh, put them in the wild card round, they'd have had a 30, 35% chance of winning that series. That's what baseball is in a lot of ways. And so when you keep adding series, you're going to get more and more quote unquote upsets because in a short series, there really isn't an upset when you kind of think about it. And so I think that's why you're going to see more and more rounds run. And when there's more rounds added, I can see kind of what you're talking about, if just for logistical purposes. But for now, listen, ESPN is running the shots with these playoff rounds. And, I, and as we see in college football, that's not always the best for what fans always love. Will Leach is continuing to join us. We always bring you on to talk Cardinals, and it seems like the biggest Cardinals-related story right now is whether or not there is a place for Yadier Molina in this organization moving forward, possibly on the coaching staff, maybe in a full-time role, maybe in a part-time role. He confirmed that there were conversations that were had when he was in town for the Adam Wainwright retirement weekend. Do you like the idea of Molina being more intimately involved in the organization once again? I certainly like the idea of it, uh, the idea of having Yachty here, and Yachty even potentially as a manager someday. That sounds exciting. Uh, getting a percentage of Yachty or having Yachty as a, um, a, a mid-level or even lower-level employee, I don't know how that's going to work, if I'm being entirely honest with you. Like, even when Yachty was the, was the catcher here, I mean, there were multiple managers who Yachty would kind of make it clear what he was going to do, and they just kind of worked around it. And I think Yachty has certainly earned that. I don't mean that as a criticism of Yachty, but I also think if you put him in a coaching or managerial role, you, uh, a managerial role is one thing, but if you put him, him in a role where he's under uh, Ali Marmol or he is only working part of the time, uh, I, I think that is just going to lead inevitably to question after question of, wait, so how much is – what, what does Yachty think? Because uh, no one's going to undermine Yachty, even people that are above Yachty. And so I think that's really the concern for me. Also, you know, listen, we saw Yachty's last season. He would sometimes leave and go coach his, his basketball team. I didn't have an issue with that. That was an agreement they t- came to with him and the Cardinals. I don't think that was a problem. It certainly didn't, didn't make me lose any respect or enjoy his last season any less. But certainly when you get into a coaching staff, it's one thing when it's your Hall of Fame catcher doing that. It's another thing when it's a member of the coaching staff doing that. For If things start to struggle, is Yachty going to go on social media? He often speaks his mind in a lot of ways. All of these things are things that we love about Yachty. And, I, and if he's in charge, I think we would all get used to it in like an old sort of uh, uh, Joe Madden or Ozzie Guillen sort of way. But when if he's like part of the staff, it's hard to think of Yanni Molina as being part of the staff. Either he's in charge or you're giving him a clear authority or it feels like that's gonna, it feels like a potentially difficult situation for someone like Marmol who's coming into, into the last year of his contract. It seems like a lot to navigate. I'd love to see Yachty here. I think he'd be a terrific manager uh, and, 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 for, and it's certainly an asset to the, to the coaching staff. But Yachty is a big personality, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that uh, asking him to come in and uh, have a lower-level role, I think, is uh, potentially inviting trouble. The single biggest question this offseason is, 
what they're going to bring in from a pitching standpoint. And they've been so open about wanting to fix it and pitching, 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 and three starters being brought in. Like they're saying all these things, but then when you start to apply financial ramifications to the words that are coming out of their mouth and you know the way the Cardinals have done things, you go, are they really going to change this much? Are they really going to get into bidding wars and win and go get uh, a couple legit free agent pitchers and things like that? I don't know how they don't do that based off what they've said, but at the same time, we haven't seen them do that. You talk about takeaways from the postseason. Uh, My biggest takeaway as someone that watches the Cardinals so much is boy, these pitchers are getting more and more expensive every single day. And not just players like Jordan Montgomery or Aaron Nola who are pitching well in the playoffs and making themselves more expensive. I mean very, very wealthy teams like the Dodgers being first and foremost among them having their starting pitching fall apart. <laughs> having their starting pitch completely fall apart. There, I guarantee you there is not a Dodger fan in the world that is not saying the exact same thing Cardinal fans are saying. You better go out and get us some pitching because it's an obvious problem. Well, uh, we'll see how the... Uh, it's one thing for the Cardinals to say, we're going to go out and do it and get these guys. It's something to say, we're going to outbid the Dodgers or the Yankees or maybe even a, a lesser level like the Mets. Teams that are just as desperate for pitching as the Cardinals are, um, but uh, not only traditionally, but I mean recently and across the board have been willing to spend a lot more than the Cardinals have. So, yeah, I think it's a concern. That, that, that to me is a major takeaway from, from this postseason is not just, not just Montgomery and Nola, who particularly Montgomery have made themselves a lot more money this postseason, but like I think Blake Snell has gotten more expensive. Mm-hmm. I think the Japanese pitcher Yamamoto has gotten more expensive because the Dodgers and the Yankees and those teams are desperate for pitching, just like the Cardinals are. So the, the so-called puke point, <laughs> that may be a little higher than it even usually is. Nolan Arnato and Lars Nootbaar in Japan doing some uh, recruiting, though, with Yamamoto. That's that, that would be interesting to see if anything comes of that. Yeah, and listen, he, I think, is the, hot, is the top priority. He's young. He's got swing and miss stuff. There's a lot of uh, analytics about how this stuff translates now from, from Japanese leagues to American leagues. I think there's a lot of excitement about that. But the Dodgers have also seen that stuff. <laughs> and the Yankees have also seen that stuff. And so I think that certainly uh, the I certainly doesn't hurt to have Arenado and Newbar out there. And I, but, you know, you also have to look from, from Yamamoto's perspective and the people that are, that are working with his perspective. I don't know. I mean, the Cardinals, I, this seems a, it's a hard thing to say out loud, but he's going to look at being like, wow, that's a last-place team. <laughs> that's a last-place team over there. Is that really where I want to commit myself uh, uh, to, to be, uh, even if I do love Arenado and Newbar, and even if the Yankees are do- uh, and the Cardinals are doing a competitive offer to the Dodgers, I think there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of ramifications for what happened this year, and I don't know if the Cardinals can or even are willing to solve them all with money. So I, I, I think there's major concerns uh, off of that as well. Last thing for you, we're going to move away from baseball for a second. One of the things I really appreciate about you is how you view the world, and you wrote for New York Magazine a piece kind of uh, breaking down the Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift relationship, whatever you want to call it. And you you dove in and analyzed the uh, the different types of celebrity relationships and things like that. Really, uh, it, it's a fun piece, and, and I would encourage people to uh, to certainly uh, read it. Did you? What motivated you to write this? Did you enjoy putting it together? Yeah, certainly. I didn't expect, and you can tell that like they've been together for like three weeks, and I'm just now writing about it. If you're wondering if I resisted at all about writing about it, but I will say certainly I've got a bunch of new Instagram followers uh, since I wrote that piece. Uh, but I'll say that it was fun to write. It was fun to research because 
the more you kind of look into someone like Travis Kelsey, it's funny because it's kind of interesting to, like, among NFL fans and sports fans like us, Travis Kelsey is a huge household name, and we know so much about him. But to actually kind of explain who he is and kind of his background and where he comes from to non-sports fans is fun, particularly when you compare him. Because, listen, Travis Kelsey is without question the most famous NFL player right now by a pretty wide factor. I think you can make an argument. I kind of compared him to Aaron Rodgers, who has been kind of tossing verbal grenades at Kelsey ever since this Swift thing has happened about vaccines and about so on and whatnot. And I think it's telling because I think the NFL, if you look at Rodgers, I think his act has maybe grown a little tiresome to the NFL a little bit. And I think Kelsey is someone who I think they maybe would like to see as a more upfront uh, public representative of the league than kind of what you've seen from Rodgers the last couple of years. So, yeah, I, think, I, think, I don't think the NFL minds that Travis no. Kelsey is the, is the top-selling jersey right now. And uh, I don't think Kelsey minds it. Frankly, I think it makes sense for Taylor Swift, too. So uh, uh, certainly, I never imagined, I'm telling you, I never imagined I would go on KMX and talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. It's actually really fun. It's, it was a really fun story to write. And I actually I have even found it, as far as a celebrity athlete coupling go, almost kind of uplifting and encouraging. And I'll take any of that I can get these days. I appreciated the Jason Seahorn, Angie Harmon reference because I remember Seahorn had a cup of coffee with the Rams. And I remember when they signed him, uh, people were saying, hey, are we going to see Angie Harmon in the Dome? And if you, at that point, she was on Law & Order. I mean, she was huge yeah. at that point. I don't know if she ever made it to St. Louis. Seahorn did not exactly play great in St. Louis. But I did appreciate that uh, that reference, just so you know. It's always, it's always funny. I love athletes who think they're big deals and they stay a celebrity and they realize, oh, nobody knows who we are yep. outside of sports whatsoever. It's always very funny. He is uh, Will Leach. He is fantastic. Will, thanks so much. for. And by the way, congratulations on uh, winning the uh, Chris and uh, Amy football pick'em mm-hmm. contest last week. It was very an honor. I'll come on any time and waste any fool that dares challenge me in the oh, future. Perfect. <laughs> Will, we'll talk to you again real soon. Of course. Take care. Thanks. Sports producer, Extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. Before, do you have any idea who Angie Harmon is? No. No? She was the DA on Law and Order back in the day. Nope. She was huge. And do you know who Jason Seahorn is? Have you ever heard that name before? Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Nope. Let's go to break. All right. Uh, Brendan Schaefer, you know who that is. He joins us next here on KMOX. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes Smith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Wednesday, a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Great to have you with us. We're talking a lot of Cardinals baseball here in hour number one of the program. We're happy to be able to go back to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line and uh, welcome in a guy who covers the Cardinals, writing about them for KMOV and KMOV.com. He's our good friend, Brendan Schaefer. You follow him on Twitter at bschafer 12 Brendan, appreciate you taking time as always. How are you? Yeah, good to be with you, man. Appreciate it, man. How's it going? Uh, very good. It's been uh, interesting. It's been interesting Cardinals day today. We were actually going to try to get you on early in the week, and I'm glad it got delayed to today because there's so much going on between the the Molina rumors kind of picking up some more steam and getting more information, the Gold Glove finalist uh, stuff coming out, uh, Arenado and Newt Bar being over in Japan. So we got a lot to get to, but I want to start with. Uh, you recently wrote about kind of the Phillies blueprint and how the Cardinals can look to the Phillies on some things that they should do in the offseason to put together a roster that's built for the postseason. And I've also talked about the Rangers and what they went from losing 90 to winning 90 and what the Cardinals can learn from that. So I put this back to you from the teams that are having success in the postseason, most namely the Phillies and the Rangers. What can the Cardinals learn? Honestly, one thing that has been the narrative surrounding this postseason that's kind of rubbed me the wrong way is people saying, oh, you know, these wildcard teams that are succeeding, all you really got to do is just get in and you have a chance to win the World Series. I think you're missing some of the nuance when you take that opinion, because if you look at the Rangers and you look at the Phillies, those are two teams that have spent aggressively in free agency to acquire team needs, and those team needs have been filled and they're now helping those guys in the playoffs not just this season, you could go back to Bryce Harper as a free agent signing for Philadelphia, but specific to before this year, Philly signed like four different guys that combined for 10 wins above replacement during the regular season. Trey Turner was kind of the big name. Uh, they added somebody to their rotation too. And those guys have helped carry them through the season. And so sure, they're a wild card team, but they're a team that has built the blueprint to say, hey, here's how you win in October. It's by making sure you have guys at the top of the rotation and you've got guys who can slug. And in the case of both Philly and Texas, that's basically what those clubs have done, and you see where it's gotten them. Even if the Cardinals go sign two legit starting pitchers, throw out a $30 million annual average contract, which is not something they do a whole lot of, it's going to be hard for them to push that you know, $250 million type you know, payroll that we see teams like the Rangers and like the Phillies be able to go towards. So can, do the Cardinals, what will it take? I mean, how, how do they do what we're talking about them doing without that payroll going to 250 plus? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a middle ground between where they were sort of in the middle of the pack in Major League Baseball in terms of payroll uh, this past season, the Cardinals tried to kind of stay the course last winter outside of the Wilson Contreras signing when there was a lot of money being spent 
around Major League Baseball. That was kind of the one splash move the Cardinals made, and they took a little bit of a step back in terms of the Major League rankings. I think they've got to be nestled a little closer to that top 10, maybe not top five like some of the teams we're talking about. And Philly and and Texas spent very aggressively. But I think you can take a page out of their book and find the, the money that you do end up spending find that it ends up helping you in a very specific way. And we know that the Cardinals are looking for starting pitching and they've already started, you know, kind of circling some names, I'm sure with uh, the free agents that are upcoming that they would like to get a chance to talk to. They've got to pick the right guy or two maybe, and then maybe make a trade that can allow the payroll stuff to kind of balance out. And uh, at the end of the day, that'll be the way they try to fill their pitching need. And I I think that could be something that helps the offense is in a pretty good spot. I don't know that there needs to be major acquisitions offensively, but even some of the teams that spent in free agency last year, they made some of those minor moves that you notice later on, they pay off down the line. So the the Cardinals don't necessarily need to hit 250, but I think they can do a little bit more in the payroll department to get a little bit closer to the teams that we're seeing thrive right now in October. I know who I'm talking to right now when I talk to Cardinals fans, and I talk to people here on KMOX, and there's a lot of people who uh, don't like what I'm about to say, but there's truth to it. The bottom line is for for any team to have success in the postseason, you still got to have guys who hit home runs and guys who strike other guys out. And without those two things, it seems like there's very little chance to be successful. Oh, absolutely. And that's a major sticking point for where the Cardinals are with their pitching staff. They talked about swing and miss more times than we could count this year. And the reality was they still didn't end up with a lot of it. And that was kind of the conversation with Ollie Marmel, where he just says, look, we're going to have to go out and get some guys that do that. We we make the most of what we have with the guys that are in-house. And yes, you can try to get a little bit more of that swing and miss from the existing players. But at a certain point, you do have to go out and target it in the way you're doing your acquisitions. And home runs, absolutely. We're seeing those be a major point in the postseason. Philadelphia just has a bunch of guys who can slug. Texas is doing the same things. And so, yeah, that's going to be something that's important. And I think the Cardinals have a decent bit of that. But you got to look at every position on the diamond and say, we can't take too many of those where we count it as a, oh, this is a defense-first position. And if you're the Cardinals, be able to expect to contend one through nine in these postseason, we're seeing the teams that are having success because they're loaded at every spot in the lineup. How do you evaluate this whole Yadier Molina thing? You know, I, I think it's very interesting. It's not really all too surprising that it would happen eventually because there's always been that kind of notion that Yachty would want to be a big league manager someday, but maybe a little surprised that it's happening so soon. But I think it kind of makes sense when you think, well, he was in town and maybe wanting a chance to just have that conversation on the Cardinals side, on his side. And if I'm the Cardinals, I look at it and say, all right, there are some complicating aspects to this, because if he does aspire to be a big league manager, what would that mean for the guy that's currently in that seat if he was on the coaching staff? But I also look at it in the short term and say, if the Cardinals are trying to prioritize winning in 2024, which is what they have consistently said, what makes you better in 2024 might be having Yadier Molina with a voice back in that room, and maybe more important than anything else, being able to coach up Wilson Contreras, because we've talked about the the kind of oddities of his season and the way the Cardinals maybe had certain expectations for that role, but didn't maybe fully appreciate how difficult it would be to just bring in a new player and have him fill the shoes of Yadier Molina. If Yadier Molina is in that building kind of guiding Wilson Contreras, maybe that's something that has a significant tangible impact on the team. So if you're trying to win right away, it may make for some interesting coaching situations, but also having Yadi there is probably going to lead to more wins. So from that perspective, I get it. The fascinating, we've all had like really good bosses 
who we can challenge, who we can like get into it. And but but there's a line you don't cross. Even with those great bosses who are willing to be challenged, it gets to a point where their voice is more important than your voice, and you know this is the line you don't cross. And that that would be the most fascinating thing of what's going on behind closed doors with Molina, because for a long time he's basically had the ability to go as far as he wants to go with anything. And if he comes in on the coaching staff, if there's some sort of disagreement or, or whatever, uh, does do, what's it like for him when he tries not to cross that line? And I, I just don't know what that would look like. It would be absolutely fascinating and compelling from our perspective as guys in the media, Matt. But I agree with you. Like, I think it would be a really interesting dynamic, not only like Yachty to player, where Yachty was teammates with a lot of these guys, and now, hey, I'm I'm a coach for this team. You know, what's the dynamic there? But then Yachty to the rest of the coaching staff, Yachty to Ali Marmel. Like, there would just be a lot of interpersonal dynamics that I think everybody kind of knew what they were when it was a player relationship with Yadier Molina, but then how does that change? How does it adapt? I think it would be absolutely compelling if the Cardinals were to go this route. All right, so let's uh, get to this uh, so-called recruiting trip that's going on in Japan right now. Uh, this Yamamoto guy, Yamamoto guy, I mean, triple crown of pitching. Uh, you look at some of the projections on what he would do in terms of strikeout numbers if he comes to the United States, and the strikeout numbers could potentially be even more impressive. He shares an agent with uh, Nolan Arnato. He's tight with Lars Nootbaar. Those guys are over there. I'm trying not to make too much of something that may not be much of anything, but uh, just the idea of him potentially being a Cardinal seems like it makes so much sense. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing the dot connecting game, you've you've listed a lot of the dots that are happening with, with those guys over in Japan and having watched him pitch. That's one obvious factor. The other obvious factor is the Cardinals talking about, hey, we know that we've got to do this whole pitching thing differently this coming year, and that means we're going to have to go out and get some guys from outside the organization. So, so far, we're on a pretty good path. Then it gets to the factor of how much this guy might actually stand to make Yamamoto coming to Major League Baseball it's going to be a really hefty contract. And we know the Cardinals are going to have to dance in those waters a little bit with whoever they bring in. Some of the names that have been reported that they're interested in, this guy might have a contract as big as any of them. And especially when you factor in the posting fee that would be paid to his former team, that's going to end up being a pretty healthy chunk of change. I just don't know how far the Cardinals are going to be willing to go for a player that they don't really have any way to measure specifically what he'll do in Major League Baseball. They've been comfortable going overseas for players in the past. You think about Miles Michaelis is one that's worked out really well, but they gave him a smaller contract at first and then saw that he would have his game translate successfully back to MLB, and then they gave him the extension. This would be a different situation where you'd be giving a very healthy contract to a player that you really haven't seen on stateside. So it would be a very interesting dynamic. I do think it makes sense for the Cardinals to look in that direction. Uh, Shota Imanaga is another Japanese pitcher that uh, maybe even better strikeout numbers, not overall as dominant as Yamamoto, but I think would be another guy that should draw the Cardinals' interest just because of a factor of, A, you need good pitching, and B, you wouldn't have to give up draft pick compensation to sign one of those free agents the way you would an Aaron Nola, et cetera. So I do think it would be interesting, and it can't hurt that he knows and maybe likes a couple of guys on the team. So I, I think it, it's very interesting. I saw the same social yeah. media post that you did, and, and it's compelling. Last thing for uh, Brendan Schaefer, writer with uh, KMOV.com. 
Nolan Arnato's not going to win a gold glove. First time in his career. The 10-year streak comes to an end. Tommy Edmond is the only Cardinal that's even a finalist. He's a finalist for uh, the Utility Gold Glove Award, which was won by Brendan Donovan last year. It just feels like what was not a very good fielding year for the Cardinals. We're now seeing the direct results of that in them not really being represented here in the finalists today. Yeah, today feels about very fitting for the way we felt about the Cardinals defensively throughout the year uh, to not have as many, you know, finalists and, and maybe no winners. If, if Edmund doesn't bring it home is a little bit jarring for a team that the last two years, they've been the team gold glove winner in major league baseball. And just two years ago, they had five gold glove winners. So things have certainly changed. I will say though, from Nolan Arenado's perspective, it was a bad first half for him defensively. And he talked about maybe not, taking as many extra reps as he had in previous times to try and stay fresh at the plate. But then we saw him absolutely turn it on the second half of the year. So I wouldn't worry about Nolan Arenado defensively if I'm a Cardinals fan. I would say that he may still have gold gloves ahead of him in the future. However, it's kind of an interesting fact about the gold gloves themselves that maybe the overall metrics are just taking a little bit more of a role in the total process after the COVID year when they decided the whole thing. It's just kind of interesting to look at. You you can win it on reputation in past years, but this year and in recent years, they're looking a little bit more closely at all of those elements. He is Brendan Schaefer, writes for KMOV.com. Brendan, always appreciate you taking some time with us. Folks can follow you at bschafer12 on Twitter. We'll talk again real soon. Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks. All right, there's Brendan Schaefer. This is Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. So what exactly is the show about? It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is America's Sports Voice, KMOX. 
Good song, Matt Pajeski. Are you crying? Maybe a little bit. Little Goo Goo Dolls make you cry? Yeah. Good song. You know, I, I've been doing this show for like a year and a half now, and I keep, I, I'll drive in and I'll like hear music or something, or I'll be, you know, working out and I'll hear music, and I go, you know what? That would be a great bumper song for Sports Open Line. I need to create a list of songs to make the show more like my style with my music and everything. And uh, then I never get around to doing that. Hey, nobody wants to hear two hours of Barry Manilow bumper music. All right. Says the guy who loves, loves Michael Bolton. And Tom Jones. It, Michael Bolton, Tom Jones. Yeah. That's those are your jams right I there. I love both of them. Yeah. Right. So you can't uh you can't be throwing me and I, I that's not even true about Barry Manilow. <laughs> Uh, honestly, oh, that was me. I forgot. I, I, like Barry I couldn't name a Barry Manilow song. I write the if, songs. If uh, my uh, life depended on it, there's. I think I, I can name one. Uh, Coco Cabana. Okay. There's two. Okay, I know that song. I, to be honest with you, off the top of my head, did not know that that was Manilow. My wife is younger than me, but she is really into uh, like like Rat Pack era stuff. Oh, yeah. And you know, she watches a lot of like black and white movies and uh, like. She knows so much more about that stuff than I do. So her and Amy Marks cores would get along very well. Probably. Yeah. Old souls. They've met each other. I think once. This is Barry Manilow giving us the outro music. How about that for a gray bar sports open line? All right. Uh, here's what's coming up in hour number two of the program. Uh, we'll talk a little hockey. We'll hear from Craig Berube as the Blues get set to get back on the ice tomorrow night to play the third game of the year. We'll talk uh, with Jake Asman from New York. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to play again this year? Uh, we'll talk about the uh, dangers of football conditioning with uh, Irv Muchnick. That's all coming up. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. They work from 8 till 4. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. 
So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.